Hello. I'm Grace. And I am Madeline. And we're Dragon Babies. Dragon Babies. We reread our favorite YA fantasy classics and discuss why they may be even better for adults. Yes, like this book. This week, Magic's Pawn by Mercedes Lackey. Ugh. This is such a wild book. (laughs) This was a listener request from Dury. Thank you so much, Dury, for requesting this incredible book. I had a great time. This is one of my favorite books I've read recently. Same. Honestly, same. I'm obsessed. It is. Like, what a ride it was. And it's it's just so good for so many reasons. Like, I've, I loved this. Yeah, I've been, like, telling people in my life about it. My husband has had to listen to me talk about it a lot, but he's into it, too. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just so, so glad to be returning to the Mercedes Lackey well, because we hadn't read her work until this pod when listeners made us aware of this gap in our YA fantasy history. And we've previously covered her book, Arrows of the Queen, which is set later in time in Valdemar and mentions Vanyel, 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 <laughs> Vanyel. Um, in passing as like the the last herald mage mm-hmm. and you know a very important hero of old, um, and little did we suspect that he had his own trilogy waiting for us. And yeah, and that he's I, quite a character. I enjoyed Arrows of the Queen a lot, but this book is just so my jam, um, and. Uh, I'm really happy we got around to it. So thank you, Dury. Thank you, everyone who has requested Mercedes Lackey. It's been a blast exploring her work for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I uh, let's let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, we do spoil every book that we cover. So if you haven't read this before or would like to brush up, um, scamper along. There's an ebook. There's an audiobook. Plenty of ways to enjoy, and the audiobook is very well performed. Yeah, I enjoyed the audiobook. I listened to the whole thing, um, and I, in spite would, of having listened to some of it, I didn't retain any of the pronunciations. So that's the other <laughs> disclaimer I was about to put out there. I mean, a lot I of listened, tough names, a lot of tough names here. Yeah, and I listened to the whole thing, and I was still going to botch the names. So don't worry oh. about it. Um, we are on trend with the Dragon Baby's <laughs> approach to never saying a single thing correctly. It's hard, okay? They're all <laughs> fantasy words. <laughs> so before we get into the plot, we will break down how the publisher chose to package and promote this book. The uh, art style and artist who created this cover is the same one who did the Arrows of the Queen cover, which you may recall had floating heads on the background. Oh, Um, yeah, that was a great cover. (laughs) I also just learned about the... (laughs) The concept of bisexual lighting, which yes, 
<laughs> which is lighting that incorporates the specific blue and pink yes. from the bi flag um, and ends up being used in a lot of like moody, sexy stuff. Um, and this cover is also incorporating bisexual yeah. lighting. And uh, I as, mean, as imagery, clearly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So we have Vanielle clutching. If Andes, if, if I think it's if, if Andes, if Andes, yeah, that's that's a name that name starts with a Y F. Like there was no hope for me ever. <laughs> okay, if Andes, and he has on a magnificent pink cape because he is glam. He always looks good, and specifically in moments of crisis, takes the time to like pick the right outfit. <laughs> I relate to that so hard. You got to look confident to feel confident, if that makes sense. Um, I think that Justice said to me once, Justice, friend of the pod, who was on our um, The Graveyard Graveyard Book book by Neil Gaiman episode, uh, she was like, once you find your style that really allows you to feel like who you are, you just experience such gender euphoria. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like the way in which you want to present yourself and you are Mm -hmm. able to like achieve that and you feel really good. Like Mm -hmm. it makes you, it is so much confidence. Like it feels very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And as two people who are pretty left of center in terms of how we choose to dress um, and present ourselves, it's something that doesn't come naturally. Like you do have to work at it because society is not necessarily like providing us with the clothes that we um are going to feel the best in yeah and for me you know it it meant like getting into a relationship with someone who is a man and a little bit larger than me and wearing his clothes and be like oh what <laughs> and like oh I can shop in men's sections <laughs> like yeah. I can wear work boots mm-hmm. um and for Madeline, more of a like, oh, I am a sorceress. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so good. And it, like, because you have to get used to feeling like, um, like you're projecting that you're an outsider. Because mm-hmm. um, you like, it feels really good to be yourself. But at, at, at least for myself, like it comes with the anxiety of like, oh, I'm sticking out and people will judge me. But yeah. once you like stay true yourself and continue it. Like it becomes, Oh, it's fine. If people see me like this, this is how I am. Exactly. And you stop feeling like you're sticking out. I mean, in a bad way, (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. you feel like you are just expressing your truth in a Mm -hmm. good way. Yeah. Um, And like, I've really struggled with that while living in central Pennsylvania because gender norms are very rigid here and there just really aren't any other female presenting people that look like me at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Like my, my hair, my clothes, I, the fact that I don't wear makeup, like a lot of really specific differences. And um, you walk everywhere too. So you're very visible. Right. And I'm one of the very few pedestrians. We get honked out all the time by cars. It's very stressful being a pedestrian. How dare here. you be on the road with your legs? Someone, Someone let out a guttural scream of rage at me a week ago. Um, cool. Yeah. Just just spreading good vibes. Regular stuff, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, all of this is to say, 
Vanielle looks incredible, and I'm so glad that he is able to embrace this side of himself. And this is one of the many ways in which I think this book is appropriate for so many ages um, Mm -hmm. because it really preaches that, like, through Vanielle, like, being true to yourself in the way that you look. And I thought about that so much when it would, like, describe all of his outfits and, like, how, like, that's how he found his strength. Absolutely. Um, In, outside of the central column of the illustration are figures and moments from the book. Um, I'm not even really sure I could say what they all are, but... Looks like there's a a woman in a mask playing a recorder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, upper right is um, someone playing playing a little recorder. Um, Eye crossbones. There is like maybe Saville holding Seville, a globe of is power. how they said it. Seville? Oh yeah. my God, I'm so screwed. I know, because um, it should be I-L-L-E if it's Seville. Right. Like it's if it's French. It's just S-A-V-I-L. Okay. Yeah. Um, Seville holding a globe of power on the left, literally the Grim Reaper. I don't know what yeah. he's doing there. It's the skeleton. Yeah, he's got a scythe <laughs> that he's in a black like cloak it is the grim reaper and then above that there's a naked woman with flowing hair covering her bits i don't know what that is either no me neither i don't know but but i like like it all not super into women um (laughs) i would say i would say very much not yeah yeah so it is Um, funny that there's like a hot naked lady in the corner (laughs) i have no idea what that's supposed to be i do think the rendering of vanyal's face is very interesting here like he is pretty but he's also like a very um angular and craggy in a way that i didn't expect based on the many descriptions of his beauty it's it's not really how i saw him no, um, his hair is correct, though, yeah, I would say. Yeah, his romantic flowing hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's hard to go up against a horse so lovingly I know, painted and have your hair horse, look good next to that mane. That horse. like the, I feel like the horse is really Fandis. the star of this cover. I mean, and she should be. Like, It's because of her that Vanyel moves on into another phase of his life yeah. after immense trauma mm-hmm. yeah speaking of immense trauma shall we begin describing the plot yeah yeah so um content warning this book does depict several instances of suicide and we're not going to be dwelling on them um but that will be mentioned at points during our plot summary and discussion if that is something that you don't want to hear right now, then unfortunately I'm going to have to, like, I would skip this episode <laughs> and probably not read this book either. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I really loved this book and I'm excited to talk about it. So we start out with Vanyel. Vanyel Ashkevron, who is 16, um, and he is like a lord's son. He's the mm-hmm. lord's f- oldest son, so he's the heir. Um, 
the Lord Within. Yeah, Lord Within is the devil in like a very <laughs> in the worst way that you could mean that. He is evil. He's, He's just bad. He doesn't like Vanyel because Vanyel is not a jock. He's not like a manly man. Um and he's not like bulky so like in his sword lessons he has to have a more like scrappy approach which makes sense because you need to play to your strength Mm -hmm. um but early on in the book when he's trying that scrappy approach with some other um like boys or teenagers who are in the training uh what's the what's the horrible arms master's name Jervis 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 beats the crap out of Vanyel when he like catches him doing Mm -hmm. that with some Mm -hmm. other uh, I don't know students and he purposefully breaks his arm in two places Uh, he like just beats beats the bejesus out of him with his sword he breaks his shield he's hitting him so hard Um, and then Horribly breaks his arm. Yeah, and Vanyel, his dream is to be a bard. And so having his his quote-unquote shield arm broken like that is very bad for his ability to play various instruments. Um, his lute, especially. Yeah, and when he's like laying in bed recuperating, that's when Lord Within shows up and just terribles all over the place. He yells at him. He calls him weak, <laughs> like... While he's like in bed trying not to throw up because he's in so much pain. Uh, So they don't have a good relationship. Uh, Vanyel feels like he is very stifled, like he's not allowed to be who he wants to be. He really doesn't want to be the heir. He doesn't want to be the Lord. And Lord Within like eventually decides that he's going to send him to his sisters. uh, That's, his sister is Seville. She is a herald mage. So heralds are people who are born with one of these special abilities or more. You can have more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're things like being an empath, which is actually being able to like know how people are feeling mm-hmm. um, or like mind speech Um and bardic. <laughs> like you yeah, can... the bardic is a gift. They're known as gifts, like these special powers. And heralds are apolitical problem solvers. They're kind of like witchers. Um, Honestly, yeah, I did think of them as witchers. It's <laughs> yeah. because they start killing monsters at the end. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, or they're like idealized knight errants, kind mm-hmm. of. like in. They're just kind of sent where they're needed, but they can't get involved in any like human conflicts like they can't um take sides in disputes yeah um so vaniel shows up at seville's and she i'm sorry i just want to add one thing she is in charge of all herald trainees so she like runs the herald school and she's yeah she's very important and very Mm -hmm. powerful and when Vaniel shows up where she is, I don't totally, like, it does seem like Lord Within is trying to just, like, get him out of the way in some ways because, like, it it's a little confusing to me why he would send him to Seville because Seville is so different from him. I, I think his own suspicion was right 
that that he's, he's trying, just going to find somewhere to cloister him. Yeah, he's trying to find a place to like put him away permanently, and this is sort of a temporary solution, yeah. um, so that his other son can be his heir, and he can force Vanyel into like the priesthood. Yeah, a monk. And he hasn't had any gifts awakened, so there right. might also be that component of like he maybe just it doesn't makes sense believe for him to be in the training school. But yeah, yeah, because he it's not it doesn't seem like magic something he would want Vanyel to be into. No. Um, so once Vanyel gets to Seville's, he is in pretty low spirits, uh, but a lot of interesting stuff starts happening. But first, his dream is crushed because like. Seville puts him in the bardic school and they determine he does not have the bardic gift. So his dream is destroyed as far as he knows at this point. Um, But, and he's like, he's experiencing these cold spells, which Mm -hmm. is the point at which I was like, okay, so clearly he has magic. Like, why are (laughs) are we not calling it what this is? I can't believe Fanyel didn't. Yeah, I do think that Seville is actually... Um, not a great uh, supervisor. <laughs> yeah, she's just I, spread too she thin. She has too much. Yeah, she just has too much on her plate. Yeah, um, butter scraped over too much bread. You know how it is. <laughs> um, but she she doesn't recognize that he is having these like extreme <laughs> dream reactions, where like he wakes up and his body is icy and yeah. he's been fully physically transported by his dream and yeah. they seem like maybe they're omens yeah he's having dreams of just like losing all of his feelings and like being in this dangerous situation with a mage or like some sort of great evil force that's mm-hmm. trying to kill him but earlier on it's mostly just the cold because he's uh he's having a trauma response of like disassociating and then walling himself off completely so that he can't yeah. be hurt. Um, and he is, since Vanyel is painfully attractive, um, he has like a little flock, a little gaggle of admirers right away at Seville's and Seville at first thinks that he's just kind of a jerk, like that he's just an arrogant, like he's yeah, haughty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the person who sees a promise in him is Tylendale, who is Seville's favorite protege. Um, they have an and ex- they have a special bond. Yeah, too. they're not life bonded, which is a romantic bond that people that heralds can sometimes develop. But they have mi- they mind speak to each other. Yeah, yeah, and they have like a very platonic but very intimate relationship. Yeah. Very uh, much like parent and child. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and Tylendale is, he's like kind of keeping tabs on Vanyel, but I wouldn't say spying because ultimately like he has Vanyel's best interests at heart because um, he's trying to, un- like he's trying to unlock him, like the puzzle that he is. Yeah, because he can tell that he isn't actually just a big jerk that it seems like there's some emotional trauma behind that presentation. Also, Tylendil is also a hot boy. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kept, <laughs> just kept thinking like, is this what it's like to be like a really hot person? Like you just go places. And if there's another really hot person, they're like, <laughs> Hey, I mean, I didn't make the rules. <laughs> like it's time for us to get together. <laughs> It's just and, fascinating to me. Yeah, and it's 
Like, their relationship is, uh, like, if I had read this when I was younger, I would have been so in a tizzy over this. This book is so sexy. I would have, like, a tattoo of Lyndall (laughs) and Vangel right now. Yeah, I would be hopeless. Because as soon as it becomes apparent, like, oh, they're going to, like, get paired off romantically because Vanyel, when he's around Tylendale, that's when he has his awakening and he mm-hmm. realizes why uh, his, like, female relationships have not been interesting to him. Um, and uh, he starts to understand a lot more of his father's treatment of him because yep. Lord Within could definitely tell that he was uh, Shea Shern, which is how they say uh, queer in, um, I don't know, the special language. Yeah, it's from the Hawk Mages. um, And Seville spent some time with them and has close relationships with them. So she uses pieces of their language regularly. Yeah. So does Tylendel. And yeah, they call being queer Shea Sharon, and it's like its own really cool, special class of humanity. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost treated kind of uh, reverent with mm-hmm. like reverence, uh, which but I thought was, people are bigots. Oh yeah, yeah, as no, well. it, yeah. It, I mean, people treat it with reverence in a select few cultural settings where they yeah. understand that it's actually a beautiful thing and not something to be despised. Because Tylendal is out at school mm-hmm. and outside of his like immediate circle, um, even though he's charming, popular, intelligent, and good-looking and well-liked in general, people are always talking about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like calling a him a pervert. Way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Vaniel accepts his sexual awakening, and him and Tylendel hook up, and then they hook up so fast. I yeah, was like, it was, I thought, thought going to be more. Longer. Will they? Won't they? Yeah, but, but it's no, like, no, nope. it was like immediately. immediately, and then they immediately become roommates. Yes, <laughs> so they are well. immediately deeply in love. They say, "I love you," like within twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> like. But, there's more going on than like a typical what we would think of as you know first love relationship because it's magic they, they both have gifts and they become life bonded yeah very, they, they like, are like right soulmates away. like yeah it's magically yeah. Yeah. yeah so they know they know immediately that like oh this is uh, this is like a serious lifelong thing yeah yeah <laughs> which hey having that certainty that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a lot longer to find that, but uh, I'm happy that I did. Uh, so I can't complain. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the heralds have um, like horses. They're, they're not really horses. I think they're a little <laughs> more special than that. Yeah. They're called companions. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think they're regular horses. No, I don't either. <laughs> they're I, telepathic and they have like glowing blue eyes. Um, and we learned, uh, we first learned a lot about companions in Arrows of the Queen because Talia's awakening of her gifts came through her companion coming and choosing her mm. and her realizing like, oh my gosh, I I have access to this world that I've only dreamed of because she was like growing up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, um, so 
Vanyel meets Ty Lindell's uh, companion. I don't remember how to say her name. Let's say Gala, like the apple. Gala. It's just G-A-L-A. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, like, gets a little bit jealous of them uh, and, like, of their bond. But uh, Ty Lindell reassures him that he's not going Because he hasn't been chosen yet, so he doesn't have a companion. He doesn't even know that he has any yeah. gifts. Like, all yeah. he knows is that the Bardic College told him he doesn't have gifts. Yeah. Um. So Tylendell has a lot of special bonds, and one of them is with his twin brother, um, Stevan. And uh, his twin brother is just, I don't know, he sounds like a difficult person, but because he's Tylendell's troubled tw- twin and they have this like special bond that they do, he has like sympathy, pains, and feelings. Mm-hmm. And like if, if, I, if um, Stevan experiences something very heavy like Tylendale will be affected by it mm-hmm. uh, and he has and they can literally be present in each other's bodies <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah they can like travel and uh, mm-hmm. like be in each other's heads Tylendale also has like kind of an anger problem like that mm-hmm. is his flaw um, and it's it's very connected to his brother um, yeah. because uh, Harolds aren't supposed to take sides with anything, but Stevan is like has all this drama, and so Tylendel is getting pulled into it, and he tells Seville like, like I, family slash political. It like feels a little like mobby, but yeah. it's also connected to these larger machinations. So yeah, yeah, and um, Stevan gets assassinated, uh, and Tylendel freaks out. Um, Yes, uh, freaks out is <laughs> a bit of an understatement. <laughs> yeah, he really loses it. Um, yeah. Mad with grief. Uh, and uh, and then just lusting for revenge. Yeah. Like, completely obsessed. And Vanyel can't not support him because he's like very emotionally dependent on him and like they're madly in love and... Vanyel has never experienced like that kind of love and acceptance before. So he's really, really um, like just going to go along with whatever Tylenol needs. And they also have a bit of a leader follower relationship. Um, like Tylenol is really the one in charge, um, partly because Vanyel has only just begun to even acknowledge like these huge parts of himself that he never even really had access to. And he's never had like any emotionally open and mature relationships, except with his sister who is not around very much. So Tylendale comes up with a plan uh, to seek revenge and uh, they have to use, like Tylendale and Vanyel have to link in order to do it because he uses Vanyel like as a, I don't know, he kind of uses Vanyel's power. He like taps mm-hmm. into that and that's when Vanyel like experiences how wild, like how overpowering Tylendel's feelings about all this are, and that yeah. like it's dangerous. Um, and Tylendel plans to just like slaughter as much of the the enemy family as the he Lasharas. can. Yeah, and he summons like he uses the really complicated spell that they need all the power for to summon Weirsa. Um, which are just like kind of monsters, nightmare creatures. Uh, And then Gala, his companion, 
Um, she sacrifices herself by like going at the Weirsa because she uh, and she says like I don't recognize you anymore to Tylendale. She um, unchooses him. Yeah, like she severs her connection from him. Yeah, and then and then yeah, she dies. Um, dies, and then Tylendale dies. <laughs> he runs off a cliff in like a non uh, off of a tower. Yeah. Um, in a non-attached to reality state, um, yeah. he's pretty. His brain is pretty melted by that point, um, and uh, <laughs> simultaneously, the like power backlash from the gate spell that they did to get the Weirsa there um, completely blows open all of like the blocks holding Vanyel's gifts back. And Seville finds out then that he has literally every gift, including, including Bard. <laughs> yeah, the healer is looking at him and is like, uh, we're going to need a bigger bone. <laughs> yeah. And when they said, like, including the Bardic gift, I was like, just, just Vanille. <laughs> yeah, I really think it's just that his hand was still messed up from his injury, and that's why he wasn't playing at his best. And it's he was simple. all, like, held back by his, yes. like, trauma and bad experiences and, like, not believing in himself. Um, yeah. So then Vanille gets chosen by Ifandis. Uh, who da- is like the reason, I mean, one of the only reasons that keeps him going uh, for a while. And even that is like not enough. Um, and Fandies has been like a sort of weird companion too, because she hasn't chosen anyone. Yeah. Um, and she chose Danielle. And, and she's like 10 years past the age when mm-hmm. they would typically do so. So she was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> part of Danielle's problem at this point, he is... Uh, wildly depressed, like very dangerously so. And he can now, like since all of his gifts got blown open, he's both a danger to himself and others because he's feeling everything so intensely. Mm -hmm. He can hear what everyone around him is thinking about him. So it increases his own feelings and his power in return is like, he's accidentally throwing people across a room or like Mm -hmm. just super emotionally negatively affecting people. So he's like having a tough time. Part of the catalyst it for his, um, he attempts suicide is because he's hearing thoughts blaming him for Tylendale's death. Uh, and that is too much for him. Um, but he is rescued. It's not successful. Uh, and, the heralds uh, um like after seeing this then they start to realize that like he wasn't being manipulative or like mm-hmm. they can see his the destruction of his spirit um and they start to understand like what was actually going on because yeah because Vanyal, they had kept their relationship secret and even like, like fought with each what? other in public because yeah. they didn't want um lord within to find out yeah yeah, it was all engineered to keep Vanyal's family from knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the he effect of that, out. after Tylendal dies mm-hmm. and Vanyal is just crushed with grief, mm-hmm. is everyone's like, wait, what? I thought they were enemies. And yeah. like, what was actually going on here? And a lot Why of did you sit at his bedside for two weeks while he was dying? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> it's very, 
everyone's very confused, but because of that act, then the heralds see that he is really just going through it. Mm-hmm. And because they can like continue to kind of sense his feelings as well, because he's mm-hmm. broadcasting like a massive satellite dish. So like people there are students weeping in the hallways. Yeah. He's overwhelming everyone with his vibes. Yeah, so at least I don't have that kind of depression. <laughs> or I take a whole a whole oh city God. out with me. <laughs> like yeah, with my sads. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it would be bad. Although I do, I have like, just in dark moments before I've been like, I wish that the people, the kind of people who are like, just be happy. Like mm, just could feel how I'm feeling. Get up and take care of it. It could yeah. have like a flash. Just get of out of what, bed. Of what? Yeah. Go for a walk. <laughs> oh, Drink yo, some water. My depression is cured. It wasn't the, the hundreds of milligrams of my meds. It was just me getting up and, you know, yeah. just a touch of fresh air. Deciding Alters not to be my brain sad chemistry anymore. permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that piece of it, I did kind of have a little moment of like, yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had about um, collective grieving as yeah. like part of the grieving process and like the power in that. Um, but anyways, so Seville is like, I got to get Vanielle out of here. He's dangerous. And uh, I like, I need to help him get control of himself and I need to help him find acceptance because he's also still like kind of sickened by himself for being gay because of all of yeah. the programming that he's received from, especially from his father. And he can't mm-hmm. stop thinking about like how his father will like, you know, that, that how he's disgusting and that's how his father feels about him. Um, and before, before Seville takes him away, uh, his Lord within actually comes to, um, to Vanyel when he's in his sick bed after. And he, so does his sister. Mm-hmm, both of them after he tries to take his life and uh, Seville, I, this was like, honestly such a great scene because really Seville and his sister both start actually chewing the dad out. They just tear him apart. And Seville is like, you don't have any power over him anymore. He's mine. He has massive magical gifts. Like I have every right to keep him here and you can like, screw off and go make your other son your lord like you always wanted and Vaniel tells him how he feels he, and he tells his mm-hmm. dad like how all he ever wanted was to please him and mm-hmm. like he why didn't he ever just say I love you to him or mm-hmm. like try to accept who he was he like can hear his father thinking about how disgusted by him he is and he like basically curses him and he uses his magic to like overwhelm him um he doesn't really like hurt him he just he just magically knocks him down over and over again yeah because he's like how does it feel how how Mm -hmm. does it feel to be bullied like this Mm -hmm. to be like you know because the arms master treated him like that and lord with him treated him like that and now he has this massive amount of power so he can't be really bullied by his father anymore Mm -hmm. um and his father basically just like runs away with his tail between his legs uh, and it's great because Lord with him sucks. 
Yeah. So that's that was honestly pretty vindicating. Um, and his sister gets to yell at him too because mm-hmm, he also like, doesn't have power over his sister because she has a trade. She's going to be she's like in a the guard. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's not a herald, um, but she is a, a fighter. She has the. <laughs> She has this shared physical feature, the um, Ashkevron nose, yeah. which, which Seville has too. Seville and is our, like, ah, yes. <laughs> That's the reason neither of us married. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, oh, Seville, come on. But Seville clearly had a um, fulfilling romantic relationship with the healer for yeah. at least some time. So. Oh, totally. Um, which is funny. And as someone who possesses a significant nose, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but this nose has not kept me from finding love. <laughs> it's true. In fact, it's it's definitely assisted because you know it's on your face. I'm just sniffing so I out. Can see faces, sniffing kind out of. clues. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is face blind. <laughs> Uh, and I just think that's funny because Grace is really beautiful. <laughs> oh gosh, that's enough. All right, All right. All moving right. on. Sophia <laughs> takes Vanyal to the tailor dress. They live in Katriva. At first, I thought they were elves, um, but they're not. They're just humans in an environment that is like a little bit more it, it's just the magical power of it is kind of to the max so it's a place that feels a little bit fey yeah they're also more connected to nature, nature more like power their job is to like maintain natural balance in removing evil creatures and like taking care of them yeah so even yeah. more like witchery even more like witchers <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and uh, a few of them uh, tell Vaniel. Vaniel finds out that they're also Shea Sharon, that they are queer. And so that's an important kind of, you know, he needs to find a community of people mm-hmm. who he can like learn from them that there's nothing wrong with him. And um, the leader. And um, so the leader's name is Sort Song. I don't remember. I remember Moondance's name. Yeah, well, that one's easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not getting any points for that one, Grace. <laughs> okay, but the leader and Moondance are also life-bonded. Yes. Um, so Vanyal also gets to see another, like, fulfilling queer relationship mm-hmm. between two men. Yeah. Yeah, and they are um, trying to help him come to terms with himself and also learn to control his powers because he's still mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, and he he's still pretty down in his feelings. He doesn't want to be, um, you know, he didn't want to be a lord and now he doesn't want to be a herald. He, he just feels very like people are pushing him around and he doesn't feel like emotionally attached or like see it as a calling yet. Um, so he like runs away into the woods uh, and has a whole... I don't know. I remember Seville just being like, oh, I mean, if he's in the veil, he can't hurt himself. Like, just let him be out there. <laughs> like, let him let him have his time to himself. And then when he comes back from his uh, his meditation, his ponderings, um, he uh, 
comes to a village and it's being attacked by a cold drake, um, which is a, a dragon. Um, a cold drake. A cold drake. <laughs> and it, it, he's just kind of frozen. And then he watched it. He watches it kill an old man who sacrifices himself it's to distract very it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that like his family can try to get away. Um, and then Vanyel kills the dragon. He still worries that he's a coward because he had to see the old man get killed um, before he goes in to save them. Um, but even that, like, Taylor Dress sits him down and talks about him and is like, I, that was a normal response. And, like, you did do the right thing. Like, you, you know, unfroze and were able to do it. Um, and then <laughs> there suddenly there's this little... I could not <laughs> believe this third act antagonist it was wild so there's a blood mage she's like this crazed blood mage and he a bad wizard yeah he like put he subjugated this town and like did horrible things to the villagers and he's like terrorizing them um and uh, Seville leaves to like go I don't really understand they go out to try to find the wizard. Yeah, and they um, leave Vanyel to protect Vanyel the is, village. Vanyel stays in the village and basically like Aragorn's it up trying to teach people how yeah. to be warriors. Yeah. Um and prepare for the fight that might come. Yeah. Um, especially because it's becoming clear that the wizard is probably linked to some kind of political um, war machine in yeah. some way. Yeah. Um, and then the wizard shows up at the village like pretty quickly and it's just Vanyel and the villagers who are completely unable to fight and uh, he uh, like tries to seduce Vanyel like right away. He's like, oh, I was like, I was supposed to be looking for you, but I didn't expect that you would be so beautiful. <laughs> He's like, I don't care about my contract. Come away with me. Because everyone wants Funyel. <laughs> um, must be tough, honestly. Yeah, it seems kind of hard for him. Seems like, it bad. doesn't seem much fun. Um, no. And he, he, like, taps into a node of power that is, like, it's like earth magic. Uh, it's very powerful and ancient. And it's special to Katrepa. Mm-hmm. Like it's- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he thinks that he's going to die. Like, he thinks he's going to blow both of them up. Um, But the wizard gets, like, dusted. But he doesn't. He wakes up with his aunt. um, And then she's like, you're a herald mage now. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) Yeah, because now now he feels emotionally attached to the mission of the heralds. He wants to be a herald now. Now he wants to help people with his power. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely want to talk about that shift um, in our discussion because it's really interesting Mm -hmm. the journey that he goes on. Yeah, Um, yeah, and I definitely empathize with it mm -hmm, for sure. Okay. Wow. What a book. Um, what a book. What a book. I, I didn't believe that Tylendal, Tylendal was dead. Yeah, for no, a really for, long time. for a while. I, I was, was like, like so oh, when's coming he back. waking up? Yeah. Like, yeah. When is Vanyel going to necromance him? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I thought he was going to do. And then he just tried to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> so I was when like, he went no, to the temple. That's not I what I wanted. 
No, I know. It didn't go to plan. Um, and then, yeah, and then I guess the wizard showing up at the end was so bizarre. Like, I was looking at how many pages I had left, and I was like, seems like the book's over. And suddenly there's this, or I thought it was going to be like a a cliffhanger like where he's mm-hmm. the big bad in or the next it would book. lead into the second book yeah, yeah exactly but no he just gets exploded by by yell's raw power <laughs> but it's the perfect illustration of the fact that von yell is not only ready to serve as a herald but he is reaching a place where he can actually he's able. control himself yeah. in an appropriate like he can channel his power appropriately yeah it's like um new mare in the Mm -hmm. uh wild magic uh quartet from tamara pierce because Mm -hmm. he is like his magic power is just too strong and he can Mm -hmm. like if he's trying to light a candle he can like blow it up so old new impressions just new new book to us both have have not read this book i have not read this book (laughs) i have not read this book that that should be if we make another pin for the (laughs) babe treon um shout out to our babe treon three dollars a month get an extra episode this month's episode is on tortal and other lands the short story collection by tamara pierce maybe our next pin should be i have not read this a little shruggy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a oh, wrapped book with like a bow around it or something a little dust on top yeah so like you were saying I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that if I had read this as a teen I would have like fangirled so hard um and been completely obsessed with Vaniel and Tilandell. I'm I'm changing the pronunciation of his name every time now. It's I'm okay. just gonna call him I'm gonna call him Lindell. Lindell. Um, Lindell with Vaniel and Lindell. <laughs> um their names are also so similar. It's true, so yeah. It's it's such a good encapsulation and then magnification of like the young love experience. And it's so magnified for both of them because it's also their first like mutually interested queer relationship. Like Lindell has been with other men before, but that ended like some of them ended really badly particularly the last one where the guy said that he had like um bewitched him or something yeah he wasn't comfortable being like true to himself and vanyel it, it like when he enters into Seville's care and into the school, he's like so emotionally withdrawn and stunted due to his family's treatment of him that like you can't like touch him or like even look at him without him getting withdrawing upset. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Do not like, look at me in the eyes. Yeah, and I understand it, but it's it's just such an impossible place for him to be in and then immediately enter into a really serious relationship. And I thought that Mercedes Lackey did a really good job developing both of their characters. Um, and you really care about them. Um, 
and the relationship feels earned, even though I joke that like, oh, that's what happens with two hot people. They just have to be hot together. Mm. Um, but it but does like, it they really like heal each other. Yeah. Yeah. And even though like it was super fast paced, I, I still found it pretty believable. No, I agree. Um, and then they do have, I mean, they're together for like a few months before Lyndall dies. Um, and then a lot of that is also him basically in a like trauma coma where he's just obsessed with how to um, kill everyone responsible for his twin's death. Yeah. Um, so not like the happiest no. <laughs> of relationship times. Yeah, um, they didn't but, have very long together. But the way that the... Um, it was an interesting dynamic and Seville kept warning Lindell about it that... Vaniel was putting like everything into him and not thinking for himself because he really of, just needed. Which I totally understand. I, I can and kind I think of. That's what would happen with of in course. reality with yeah. someone coming from his background and entering into this. I mean, his education and also his relationship mm-hmm. and also like never having figured out who he is. And then suddenly he's with someone who like intensely loves him. Yeah. So suddenly it's like, oh, well, I'm going to follow you around all the time because Mm -hmm. I feel like life is more bearable when I'm with you and I'm less afraid of everything. I, I, I am disappointed that this book does fall into the kill your gaze trope. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the queer tragedy where like, yeah. If, and like, if you are queer, you must be constantly suffering. <laughs> and like, that's especially just the way in it like is. romantic relationships. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but also I understand why the book and its plot progresses the way it does. I really did think that Lindell was going to come back um, in some way. But Me too. I thought he was going to pop back up. His I'm dealing with it. <laughs> his companion, Gala, Gala, unchoosing him was also, like, I literally said out loud, whoa. Yeah, yeah that was a big moment. Like, oh, no, this is really bad. Um, there were a lot of moments of this book that gave me physical pause. It's, yeah. it's a wild experience. Stuff comes at you so fast. At the outset of the book, I was so um, I was so interested in the way that Von Yell is initially characterized. And I knew um, because of good listener Dury's recommendation in which he mentioned that the book has a queer protagonist, I knew that Faniel was gay from the start. Um, so maybe that was also impacting the way I was looking at this, but it was really interesting to see him described as the way that your typical like fantasy outsider protagonist that hasn't come into their special abilities yet is described where it's like they don't fit in at court. They are being like beaten up in the, you know, schoolyard or weapons yard or whatever. Um, they don't want to like take on the family obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't fit in and it, everything is so effectively coded here with yeah. It being because he is not straight Mm -hmm. Um, and he can't even 
think of being Shay a Sharon as a possibility. He doesn't even have the language. I mean, he literally doesn't know that word, that phrase. He didn't know um, it was a thing. No, he <laughs> he's just like he he's not even questioning the fact that he knows he's not attracted to women. He's basically just like, oh, don't do that <laughs> when yeah. someone like tries to seduce him or get up on him. And I think a lot of it he attributes to like, he's so low on the hierarchy of needs at the beginning of the book. Like Ah. some of his physical needs are being met, but then outside of that, it's like, how could you possibly begin to explore your sexuality when like you have no safe emotional space in your life? Yeah. Like his sister, Lissa, is a really important relationship, but she's training to be a guard. And ever since she moved away from home is when things started to get really, really bad for him. Cause that was literally like his one person, his dad, as we've covered is a monster. His mom is like <laughs> a ridiculous caricature of like a lady. <laughs> yeah. She, she's only interested in him as much as it like involves herself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's, got a lot of narcissism going on and she just um, like he he comments he's like she only wants me around because i can play the lute at her like soirees that's the only reason that she's like offended that i was hurt you're just using me for my lute yeah um yeah and then for him to it it was really heartbreaking his emotional experience as he's being sent to seville's because he doesn't know what's happening. Um, he's not given any kind of uh, outline of what awaits him. He didn't get a um, he didn't get his orientation pamphlet. He did not, <laughs> and he can't. He can't. And ask he's being guarded because on the way there. Yeah, and he knows that that would relinquish some of his like emotional power if he mm-hmm. like tries to figure out what's going on because he needs to not care. Right. Hence his haughty arrogance. Um, his act that he is constantly putting on. So uh, when he arrives there and is like, I get to just like learn and um, hang out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like make friends. Yeah. What? (laughs) He's just always waiting for something horrific to happen to him. Yeah, because he has PTSD. He's just been so ostracized. And, like, his dad essentially, like, ordered that his arm be horribly broken. Like, I don't... And then he yelled at him, like, shut up. Shut up. Don't whine about it. Like, you little sniveling boy. It's like, yo. This is uh, some advanced (laughs) abuse right here. Really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, And then, like, I I don't know. The hard part of the book is that it is just, like, truly an onslaught of trauma. Um, Yeah. While Vaniel is healing from the trauma he's already experienced. Yeah. um, And he goes through so much in the space of this book. And I, I also wonder about the, like, nature versus nurture of, like, were all of his gifts going to come alive or was it because he was in that really wild gate magic backlash situation that he becomes like this really important herald mage i don't know but i really want to continue reading the books um, yeah i'm going to because They're all on audible i anticipate that now we'll get to see his like happier healthier growth um now that we've really been through the absolute ringer mm-hmm. yeah same 
So what are your new impressions? I know I just babbled and babbled. I I didn't know anything about this going in. I did not know that he was gay. I didn't know where this was going. Um, So I... I, that was actually kind of cool finding out at the moment that Vanyel did because mm-hmm. it was like when he first saw Tylendal and was like, and he had a strange feeling that he didn't recognize. I was like, whoa, like, okay, I get what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that, so like, that was cool. Like having that realization at the same time as the protagonist. Um, and uh, I, I really want to uh, like see a uh artist rendition of like as many of his outfits as possible like especially the one when he leaves and he has like his black leathers and his black cape and his the black outfit on his horse even oh yeah <laughs> when and when they have their cloaks on and vanyal comments that in the mirror next to each other he and tylendel look like death in death's shadow yeah and also i want to see the outfit from the night when he arranges his own dramatic entrance into court so that everyone will be like struck by yeah yeah (laughs) he really knows how to make an entrance Um, so funny I i was a little worried when it was so dark at first that i wasn't going to be able to get through it um Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I don't totally understand why. Maybe it's just a credit to Mercedes Lackey's writing um, that this book didn't like put me into a place where I was just like sad and depressed. Because it really has its peaks um, along with the lows. And I think it ends up being pretty cathartic in showing like what a person can come back from. Because especially when they had that scene that I already talked about with his father, where he gets to like everyone gets to tell him what he think what they think about him, um, that was extremely vindicating. And I I don't think often we get such strong vindication in books from totally. like the the person who has suffered all this trauma. Um, so I liked that a lot. Like that was very satisfying. And, and- specifically, a a bigoted parent who can't accept their child for anything about their sexuality or gender identity like how many times i have wanted to like deliver that screed to someone yeah um yeah it's really nice to see it actually take place totally totally um and to have and oh sorry go ahead and to have his dad have like kind of a moment of doubt in that being like will Mm -hmm. you ever forgive me yeah and finally just being like i don't know but I don't want to see you anymore right yeah, now. Yeah, go away. <laughs> yeah, like that was very powerful. But he's also, yeah, it's just funny too that Within is still like making it about himself. Um, oh yeah, totally. But yeah, I just, and also like we really need to reflect on the fact that A, this book came out in 1989. Yeah. Um, and B, it's for young readers mm-hmm. and like, Today, there are a lot of amazing YA books for queer kids. At that time, there was so little. And on top of it, to be a gay teen boy, I think that's probably another reason the book felt cathartic to me. Like, I I think it would be different if this book came out today. I mean, the book would also just obviously be like written pretty differently and stuff. But 
I do think that Mercedes Lackey did a really good job of realizing this relationship and making it feel real. Yeah, and not making it feel like their sexuality was being uh, like they were gay because it would add to like you know them being outsiders. Like Mm. they weren't gay in service of the story. Like that's just who these characters are. And and I mean that's how I felt about it. What do you think? I think it was very. I don't know. Like I was surprised by how sexy it was too, because mm-hmm. it really fully definitely. embraced the sexuality yeah. of the characters. Like it definitely didn't feel like any kind of tokenism because it fully embraced their sexuality and how they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I even felt as a 32 year old woman that it was like, um, affirming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, especially coming out when it did, it was probably Mm -hmm. very unique in Mm -hmm. having that kind of message, even though it Mm -hmm. like it plays into queer tragedy tropes. Like, yeah, it still is very remarkable um, in what it does. And I thought that that was, was very beautiful. Um, It's one of the reasons I highly, highly recommend this book. Yeah. And I love that we know that he goes on to be like one of the most important heroes of Valdemar too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like this really crucial figure from history. Yeah. Uh, And we get to see his first love story. Um, And it is like, I mean, there aren't, there aren't like explicit sex scenes in the book, um, but in terms of like why, and, but in terms of YA fantasy, like romance scene depictions, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty like high up in terms of how much it includes. Definitely. Um, but it still felt really. It's like um, Tamara Pierce level. <laughs> yeah. And like it, Dana Numer. And it still didn't feel like exploitative. I guess that's why I keep no. using the word beautiful because it, it just felt very earnest and I was, I was touched, honestly. <laughs> There's also some kind of weird sex stuff in the book, like the fact that um, Keelendell's, that's another pronunciation, um, Lindell's companion horse, like wanted to go into his brain and like watch him and Vanyel hook up. It's like, oh. Which, like, whatever, I but, guess. Then, but, and then it gets kind of, then you get into the mire of like, well, I mean, if you're like, telepathic and like sharing brains i mean that's probably gonna happen at some point and it does like when when seville comes back to her room and they're hooking up like she could tell that they're hooking up from the energy that tylenol (laughs) is like giving off so like honestly that like that made sense to me and uh, i kind of appreciated that it went there because it's not usually something that you discuss especially on ya books like okay (laughs) if you have all this mind to mind communication going on like what about when people are doing something that's that's very private a basic function (laughs) of being a human yeah (laughs) yeah so i i thought that was pretty funny and also the inciting incident for um Lindell realizing that there's like a danger to him and his twins mental connection is that the first time his twin has sex, um, he goes into his brain to like watch what's happening. 
Um, and then their brains like explode <laughs> <laughs> and not with pleasure. Yeah, no, it's a bad thing. Not, not good. <laughs> Just too much, too much. So that's like, this is definitely a older YA book. I think, I, yeah, I, I mean, we know. cover such a wide range of like intended reading ages on the pod, like yeah. from straight up children's books to yeah, more mature YA and ultimately, like, the, the intimacy that we actually see is, like, extremely loving. Um, I think it's so funny that Seville kept being like, oh, my God, life bonded. Get me out of here. Yeah, as, yeah, like, as uh, they're like, I could never hurt you, for I would be hurting myself. Yeah, yeah. You are to me what I am to me. And she's just like, oh, she's like, brother. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's also another life-bonded pair of Harold students that's in the same circle, like Seville's special, Seville's special crew. I, I couldn't tell if it was that they were all like the most advanced or if there was some other reason that they all like shared quarters and like... I, I felt like it was just, yeah, the level at which they were at put them in direct contact with Seville because she was the mm-hmm. one who was like teaching them at that level. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because okay. she's like the headmaster, kind of. Okay. So they're like the very special A-plus girls and boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, Marduk and Dami, is that her name? Um, and uh, I, I just liked that the concept of life bonded is really cool. Um, and going into the book, I had been thinking that that was kind of just the same as like being married or like, I don't know, just making some kind of more... Um, advanced commitment to someone as opposed to being Um, like magical soulmates right having some kind of like otherworldly mental um, connection Uh, but later in the book we learn that um, most people don't actually life bond with someone um, regardless of uh, you know whether or not they have like loving romantic relationships Mm -hmm. it just kind of doesn't enter into the picture but it's also a herald thing right like only heralds can do it um but didn't the hawk people have one well but they they also have magical gifts so it's like a magical thing like a magic thing yeah let's talk about magic a little bit i think we've okay so we've gotten through like romantic realism yeah um, I feel like I've life bonded, <laughs> so that feels nice. Yeah, magic systems, um, like blessedly, fascinatingly confusing <laughs> um, in uh, Baltimore, and I like that. Like, because there is so much magic, and I liked how much of this book did function as a bit of a look inside of a magical school too. Mm, like, yeah. it was giving me some like elevated Harry Potter vibes at some moments. Um, and I wish we could have uh, seen more of the classes. It's very funny once, um, all the professors are just like mad, um, because Vanyel fought with Tylendel. Yeah. I don't know what my problem is. No, Tylendel is it, I think. I can't say his name. Um, and they're all like very connected to him. So they're like, Ugh, you must be the bad one. And then they're like super rude to him and try to get him to drop their classes. And um, it turned out that he was actually uh, madly in love with Dalladell. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, I love the expression of the different magical gifts and the different categories. I love that music is one of them. Like that's really cool. I also thought it was super interesting that the, you know, head bard said, you know, minstrels and other musicians are actually super valuable because with a bard you're so like swept up in the like big picture of what they're doing that you're like maybe not even really listening and just appreciating the music and like the music is beautiful and it should be appreciated yeah. um and i do hope that vaniel is able to still continue to make music in some way um it kind of his loot gets ruined at one point, but but then he's like barely functioning as a human and yeah. is drug, drugged out of his mind for yeah. like most of the rest of the book. Yeah, so he's basically not a lot on, of time like, for loot playing. Yeah, he's very very heavily drugged on like antipsychotics and probably morphine. It was huge for me, like cathartic for me when Moondance taught him how to find his center. I actually had like had kind of like a little mini like realization moment where I suddenly felt very I don't know, like sometimes sometimes when you are maybe a certain substance is in your body, um you can really <laughs> understand that your brain and your body are separate and you can kind of key in on the energy flow that is existence. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think of myself as mind, body, and spirit. mm -hmm. And my, my like spirit or whatever you want to call it doesn't have to be that, but that's my like true being. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is like very much like, yeah, tapped into like the greater universe because my mind says things all the time that are like not true or just mean <laughs> like stuff that I don't actually yeah. agree with. So like when yeah. you have intrusive thoughts, it's important to remind yourself that you are not your thoughts. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It also made me think about, okay, wait, let me finish this thought. God, there's just so much to say about this book. Um, so it, I I had like an extreme moment of self-centering when I was reading that and it was amazing. My anxiety's been really bad lately and something that comes with my anxiety is my like pervasive um like fear of infinity thoughts. Mm. Uh is kind of hard to explain. I've tried <laughs> with a wide range of people and most of them are like so maps bother you? <laughs> Yes. No, yes. they don't get it. It's funny because I do like yes, they um, do. Infi- I like looking into the abyss. Mm-hmm. No, I I can't do. I find yeah, it I can't, soothing. I can't do it very well. Um, but I was able to like kind of put that to rest a little bit <laughs> yesterday when I was well, that's awesome. finishing this and reading that passage, um, and it was really just so peaceful and soothing having Moondance be like, okay, here is your center. Here is how you hold on to the different pieces of yourself. Like yeah. here is how you channel them in a healthy yeah. way. And Vanielle is seeing all of it, you know, like it, it's very um, intangible. Like it's all happening very mentally. Also has some like Madeline Langle vibes of like we talked about in our Ragwitch episode of like, oh, how do you yeah. illustrate what's happening inside of a mind when yeah. there's like another magic mind in there? Like yeah. it gets complicated. Oh, totally. And, and a lot of this book also made me think about the 
conversation that I've seen happening um, on the on Instagram mainly lately, but also like friends have asked me directly the question of do you have a concrete inner monologue or do you think more like visually and fleetingly? Um, and it's really interesting because oh, I think both. Really? Yeah. Like half and a half? Well, here, let me... <laughs> let me I'm making a... Uh, I'm not think sure about face. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Because um, most people are so solidly in one camp that they can't even imagine what the other one's like. So if you feel both, then I think that it's probably pretty even. I mean, I have... I'm firmly in her monologue. I have like moments of like flashes but I'm pretty much always like talking to myself inside my head in a a concrete enough way that I could like write down what I was thinking do you know what I mean yeah I guess I do I do do that sometimes especially when I'm like concentrating on a task or something Mm -hmm. but when I'm just like existing it's much more um you know, maybe it's a difference between mind and spirit mm. for me. Mm. Like when I'm really tapped into um, existence, I'm not really thinking in words. Okay. But when I'm dealing with much more concrete matters, mm-hmm. then it is necessary for me to think in words. That's cool. I feel like I haven't talked to anyone else who said they were a true hybrid. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It does um, actually like from what I've, I don't know, from the conversations I've had, it's kind of seemed like more logical, like science minded people tend to have less of the concrete monologue and that tends to be more like artistic people. Um, So some of it might be like a bit of a right brain, left brain type function. I don't know. It's it's also also like this is all just intangible. There's no like scientific yeah. research backing any of this because how could there be? <laughs> but really interesting to think about. But it is cool to think about it. And when there is a book like this that has so much discussion of like sharing thoughts mm-hmm. and um, making the mental tangible in that way. Yeah. I just was thinking about it a lot, especially the way that the heralds can all like mentally drop in on each other, no matter where they are, like at yeah. all times. Yeah. I, I hope there's some kind of like privacy measure. That you I know. Can right. Take. Or maybe that's just something that you give up when you yeah, become just this like, kind of powerful mage. Cause it would also just stress me out. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to just turn my brain off. And then someone's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, ah, I see you're taking a bath. <laughs> oh my God. I, it, at the same time, though, it would be very funny if you and I had a mental connection and you could show up and be like, Oh, taking a bath. I would be pretty annoying about it. Just show <laughs> up and make a goblin noise in the middle of the night and then leave. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Just come and beetle each other. <laughs> it was a pretty bad beetle imitation. That's okay. <sighs> okay. There's even more to say about the magic, but I think we have to move on. Yeah. We simply must. Two. Pretend food. Pretend food. I didn't have much to um, 
you know, chew on, if yeah, you will. Vanielle is not really into <laughs> food like, very much. Um, no, yeah, he doesn't. He's not into it generally. And also the in the book, like, he's pretty much constantly in crisis mode. So <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot about his eating. Um And a lot of the food is kind of gross. So at the inn, when he's traveling to Seville's, they give him bread and butter and cheese. The bread was better than he got at home and a bit of fresh fruit, but the rest boiled chicken, a thick gravy and dumplings, all of it swiftly cooling into a greasy congealed mess on the plate had stuck in his throat and he gave up trying to eat the tasteless stuff entirely. Yum. Gross. (laughs) He gets drunk on wine. He describes as thin, slightly vinegary stuff, which also gross. Yeah. <laughs> so like kombucha. I mean, I love kombucha, but not, like not kombucha wine. wine. Kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, like some like, chuck. He like kind of at that point, he's very much in his mope phase and he's like intentionally trying to get himself drunk. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a passage where he's like, oh, well, I can't escape. So I guess I'll just be drunk yeah it's like that's one function of alcohol unfortunately yeah it sounds Um, familiar to me the 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 switching off of the first person perspectives throughout the book was really um sometimes confusing especially when i was listening to the audiobook did you experience this where i'd be like sometimes i didn't know if that was a thought or a a word that was said aloud and by who i think i think that's that's one thing that makes this book difficult to put into an audio medium because the text shows you when someone is mind communicating with someone versus thinking to themselves versus talking out loud there are, there's a colon at the beginning and end uh, of the okay. mind speak passages and then personal thoughts are italicized and then talking out loud has quotes <laughs> but yeah it's it was a little tricky but I also like getting to be inside everyone's heads yeah it was fun it was fun like getting more than one person's viewpoint especially because as Grace said Vaniel is constantly in crisis so his thoughts are yeah. usually pretty dark they're so really dark. It's good to hear some other thoughts. He immediately goes to like the darkest possible outcome of anything yeah. that he's trying to plan out or think through. He's very like self pitying, but I don't fault him. Is no. the complicated thing? Yeah, I don't he either. Doesn't, um, he he's doesn't had a real to, tough road to hoe. Yeah, I mean, not to even keep, though he's beautiful and like he's a lord's son, like he's so trapped in a system that is openly hostile towards him yeah and like a lot of things about like his sexuality kind of takes away some of his privilege if that yes makes sense no definitely yeah he's he's not he still doesn't feel to me like you know book five harry potter or anything I just think Vaniel doesn't actually venture into that territory. I'm there for his mopes and I want to help him. Yeah. Yeah. And it just feels so much more satisfying in like a natural way because I really get him. No, I know. (laughs) Same. In a way that I never got Harry. Back to pretend food the morning after he gets drunk, his guards who just got absolutely plastered and who Vanyel says, he basically says their room smells like sex in the morning, which is like, oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, probably the sex worker that came and propositioned me, who I was <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> because she's a woman. Like spazzed and <laughs> shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> 
But also, it's weird to have someone just come to your door and expose their breasts to you. Right, like, he's not used to that. Like, he doesn't stand ins. The morning after, the guards are eating raw eggs and the very ale that had caused Copious their problem amounts, the night he before. Said. You could tell that he's just feeling yeah. like, you guys are being dumb. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think that's a good hangover cure. And I Eggs won't be tr- or the hair of the dog? Eggs and beer. <laughs> the combination. I, th- I think that the... Raw I, eggs. I read that the hair of the dog thing, like, it really only stretches the hangover out. Yeah. No, because you're just getting drunk again. Like, it, it, you're not actually recovering. It's not going to help. Because you're going through the withdrawal. You can't, like, lightly drink through the day and then somehow feel better. <laughs> then I got really into the solve that Tilendel uses for Vanyo's messed up hand after he loots too hard. Um, oh, yeah. Says a pleasant sharp odor came from it, both green and spicy, and his fingers began to relax from their cramped position, both from the warming effect of the salve and the massage. What is that? Vanyo asked, sniffing. I'm going to smell sort of like a pastry. Oh. <laughs> and then Tulindal says, don't tempt me this early in the day, Vanyo Lashki. It's cinnamon and marigold, good for the cramped muscles and the poor battered fingers. And then he like intimates that he smells so good he's going to like eat him. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> how they talk to each other. <laughs> that's funny. Then when he is with the... Um, tell <laughs> what are their names? <laughs> just completely giving up at this point. <laughs> the tailor, the tailor dress, the tailor dress. He hasn't eaten for three weeks because he was drugged and then completely exhausted. And whenever he feels gate magic energy, it like saps him even further because he has PTSD from the gate connection. Um, and Moondance brings him a beaker of cider and a plate of sliced bread and cheeses and fruit and says, eat lightly. You've been three weeks without true food. Um, And like, I feel like hospitals should be giving out that meal (laughs) to people who who need it. Like that sounds so much nicer than, I don't know. I'll, I'll mention alone again because it's just my entire life now, but (laughs) the way that they give them, we're watching season nine and they show them getting a a little thermos of broth on the day that they tap out. Like they give it to them right away. Um, which I really appreciate electrolytes back in. Yeah. I, that's good to hear. I haven't watched season nine and I'm so sick of not getting to see them get some food after they get pulled. Yeah, I just want to see them eat. <laughs> they have an extended scene every episode someone taps out that shows more of the process of them That's looking. nice. Yeah. That's nice. I really want to see those people eat. Anyway, so I'm just saying like cider, sliced bread and cheeses and fruit. I would pick over half a cup of broth and I, as I said, hospitals get with it. And then later they have Willow Bark Tea, which just made me think of the Circle of Magic books. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I liked that. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. it. It's you know it spreads teas, wine, cheese. Pretty simple fare. It's pretty basic. You can tell that there wasn't um, a significant amount of care put into the food itself, which is fine. I did like that solve, and now I want cinnamon and marigold. Like I both want to put it on my body and eat and it. to eat it, <laughs> just like Tulandel. Badass Lady Meter, this is going to be a long episode. Minus Seville. 
Mm, yeah. I love Seville. I think she's such a good character. She's great. And because of the perspective shifts, we get to spend quite a bit of time with her. And her perspective is always great. It is. She's really funny. Um, she's really loving to her charges. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said earlier, she's she's just got too much going on. Yeah. And she knows that too. Um, and that's also painful because she's like, desperately trying to lighten her load but there's no one else who can do because there keeps the being that stuff she that she's just like well i gotta help with this and when Marduk and dami i'm sorry i don't remember her name correctly um nah, say we're say we're gonna go apprentice with someone else she's like thank you yeah <laughs> but also i love you and i wish i could continue working with you yeah um, it's hard. Like she, she's very much given over to the life of service. Oh my God. We never even talked about this. Um, over to the, the Herald way, um, which is what Von Yell goes the entire book, like resenting and being mad about. And he doesn't understand that Tilendal feels this duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that he like for other Heralds, they don't seem to approach it as like, I have a choice about whether I use my gifts or not. And like you said, Mads, like it's complicated because this is something that you are born with. Um, you don't necessarily have a choice about how yeah. you're going to use it. And I'm sure there are documented examples within Valdemar. Um, and like the wizard, for example, like that guy probably has one of one or more of the gifts mm-hmm. yeah. um, and is using it for actual harm as opposed to just choosing not to put it to the good of the community. Yeah, he went um, real hard to the other end of the spectrum with it. Yeah, it's just it was it was interesting to me that like I think Von Yell is still in a phase of his life where like he needs to kind of be selfish because he's never really been able to do that to, before to live for himself. And yeah, you, and until you have a sense of self, you can't actually choose to give yourself over to the greater good because you don't know what that even means. Um, wow. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly it. <laughs> and then he has to see an old man get murdered by a cold Drake great word by the way cold drake um in order for him to say okay that's it i'm stepping in which i get because i i work in public interest i've been working in public interest for like six years now yeah like six (laughs) yeah um so i very much get that and it i have had to work to find a a kind of public interest that i was capable of doing that Mm -hmm. wasn't too emotionally and spiritually heavy for me to still take care of myself while doing it. Um, because there's there's a lot of different things that looks like, however great or small. You don't have to work in public interest to like be dedicated to uh, a mission of good. So yeah, I, I super understand it. And like, cause it also, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a really long time. So it's not like I wanted to do something else like strongly mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. like gave up for public interest, but it just kind of, it kind of came to me that I could, I wouldn't be able to be happy um, doing something that I didn't uh, believe was like furthering a, a goal or a mission that I feel strongly about. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A big part of your professional journey has been finding a way to do the work you want to do in a way that's safe for you emotionally. Um, so I was thinking about that too with this piece of like, 
can Vanyal be like healthy enough to take on this role and have it not consume him? Yeah. Yeah. So I felt very strong. Like I, that really struck me, his journey Mm -hmm. to like get to that point and to like, cause I, I do understand the, that moment when it's like, oh, okay, I get why I'm doing this and I get like what I need to do. Um, so yeah, that was just another thing that made me feel extremely attached to and yeah. protective of Vanyal. If he were a real person, <laughs> I would punch everyone who hurt him. <laughs> Great book. And my rating for Seville is nose pride. Pride in nose our noses. Pride. I'm touching my nose. Yeah. Feels good. <laughs> touch, touch, touch. I'll, I'll give mine to Efandez. Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't talk about animals just like animals in this book, but this episode is too long. That's really only the companions anyways. Yeah, and we we talked about companions a lot in our Arrows of the Queen episode, yeah. so I definitely recommend you check that out. Yeah, um, and if Andy's is like, she comes to Vanyel at a time where probably nothing else could save him. Um mm-hmm like she was really important for like giving him that new intimate connection with another being um and she she saves him from dying from exposure because he's like laying in the woods next to a river oh yeah that's true chooses him she bregos him yeah yeah (laughs) it's just like aragorn's horse yeah um so she literally saves him and that's one of the things I'm excited to read more of these books for is to about their relationship. learn more about her and mm-hmm. Vanyel's relationship um, because he clearly needs her a lot. And when you think about it, aren't the companions kind of like their emotional support animals because yeah. they have this really difficult yeah. job? Like 100%. They need them to do it. Yeah. So I, I liked that a lot. And I rate her... I'm looking at her lovingly right now on the cover of the book. And I just want to, I just want to feed her magical carrots. (laughs) That's what I'm giving to her. Pet her, pet her beautiful, uh, like gorgeous, muscly little cheeks. (laughs) Gorgeous, muscly little cheeks. What a phrase. I mean, from the cover, that is what they are. Oh gosh. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more we could say, but we have to end somewhere. So I think that's it for Magic's Pawn by Mercedes Lackey. Thank you again, Dury, for requesting this. This was an incredible ride. I yes. loved this book. <laughs> and we will be continuing on reading the books. Maybe we'll cover them on the pod. Maybe it'll just be personal. We'll see what happens. We are famous for covering one book from a series and then, <laughs> and then moving never on. back. <laughs> But maybe we will. So stay tuned. You can see the cover and any other episode media on our website, dragonbabiespodcast.com, on our Instagram at dragonbabiespodcast. I made a reel of different covers for the rag, which if there are enough for this, I'll do that for Magic Spawn as well. And on Twitter at dragonbabiespod. And Madeline. And Madeline has an Instagram, Pig and Doodles, P-I-G-N as in Nancy, D-O-O-D-L-E-S. Check it out. Art, pictures of my dog. And as we mentioned, we are on Patreon now. $3 a month for an extra episode. Um, Patreon. If you want to get in with the babies, uh, just look up Dragon Babies on Patreon. 
Yeah. Our next book will be Moss Flower by Brian Jacks. We're going back to Redwall. Um, it's February. Everything is grim and gray. So talking animals and cheese feasts. There's going to yeah. be so much food in this book. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. Um, so come back in two weeks for that. I'm Grace. And I'm Madeline. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>